Valentina Castellani, welcome to Out and About. It is such a pleasure to have you. And thank you for waking up this early to come and speak to us. Good morning, Marsha. It's a pleasure for me to be in Out and About. It's a lovely sunrise here in California. I live in front of the ocean, so the view is outstanding. And I usually wake up early, but not this early, <laughs> to get ready for the Zoom. But I, I love your personality and the personality of this magazine. So I'm very happy to be with all of you today. Let's start out by you telling us a bit about yourself, including your early background. I am originally Italian. I was born uh, from an ancient family in uh, Florence, Tuscany, and I come from a cinema background. My grandfather, Riccardo Castellani, was uh, the president of Anikagis, which is the company that uh, has all the distribution of international cinema uh, in Europe. And uh, he was also a producer. He co-financed some of the Fellini films uh, and uh, all, all those kind of films of the golden era of Italian cinema. So uh, on top of that, we were owning some theaters for two centuries, uh, like the Teatro Verdi in Florence. So I grew up uh, with that amazing background growing up behind the stage and, and looking at opera and theaters, plays, dancers, uh, uh, ballet, uh, classic music. And uh, just now I realized the enormous treasure of that childhood. Yes. You were born for this. So you were born into this and for this. So you're just taking your place in the entertainment world. Now yes. tell us personally how you got involved in film production. I was with uh, Francesco Quinn, the son of Anthony Quinn, my soulmate, for uh, quite a long time. And uh, he was an actor, an Academy Award uh, uh, nominated actor. Uh, I'm sure you remember his performance in Platoon. I still have some of his fans uh, contacting me for that role and that films anytime he's playing on television. Um, and uh, and we started to do something together you know in terms of production he was starting directing and stuff and unfortunately 10 years ago he uh, died suddenly of a heart attack uh, in front of our kids while playing with them so very unexpected and brutal and especially for them you know uh, they were uh, nine and 11 years old, so an age where you don't even understand what death is about, you know, forget about life, you know. So for me, it was uh, of paramount importance to transform this very tragic experience in something beautiful or to give a meaningful key for them to transform this experience. and. Uh, and that's uh, how the Queen Studios Entertainment uh, started. I uh, proposed to do a TV series about cycling because that was uh, the sport he loved the most. And, and so we started, you know, my experience in production was very minimal. Uh, but of course, I was surrounded always by movie people, as we call it. And uh, we put together a format, we started shooting, and uh, in a month I created Queen Studios Entertainment. And 10 years later, nowadays, I can say we had uh, several films uh, 
that were a candidate for an Academy Awards, Golden Globe. They were all, uh, uh, you know, uh, award-winning projects that sold uh, globally. So as I always say, you know, like in Harry Potter, uh, they say it's the one that choose the wizard and not vice versa. And somehow this pro pro profession chose me and uh, I can only be as as uh, humble to accept it and do it at my best. And I took it for uh, as a tool really to express and address uh, some of the most uh, important issues, more urgent issues often that we have nowadays uh, uh, doing documentaries or films that had uh, a meaningful message inside. I'm very happy to hear that you could, you know, take something that was so tragic and, and make something meaningful out of it. Um, yes. And I wish you really all the best when it comes to, you know, that side of your life. Now, we know that you were in front of the camera at one point. Now you're behind doing production. Any plans to get back in front of the camera? I love where I am because when you are behind, you are a great observers of life and being an observer of life uh, you learn a lot you know and you're capable of uh, transforming and envisioning reality with a different view um, uh, in front of the camera but uh, in a different format sort of saying i'm not interested in being an actress i think uh, there are some of extraordinary colleagues of mine that are actresses nowadays in hollywood and all over the world but um, as a, a spokesperson uh, that is a role that I found myself often in and I spoke to many congresses lately in uh, Dubai for Dubai Care uh, and, and many other international organizations and United Nations, US Congress. And that I like because uh, it's a possibility that is given to me to speak about causes that I care for. And, uh, and so in that sense, uh, of course, my preparation as an actress before made it made a sense because uh, I feel very comfortable with the camera and uh, hopefully I'm well spoken more very, very casual enough to to be able to be personal. And so in that sense, of course, you know, camera in front behind is uh, a friend of mine right now in the sense that is accompanying my life through a quite an interesting journey. I did see that you gave an interesting talk at Expo for um, Dubai Cares. Yes, yes, I loved uh, uh, the CEO, uh, uh, Tariq Gerg. Uh, he invited me to speak uh, in a Congress and uh, it was quite extraordinary, 2,000 people attending, and uh, it was about dignified storytelling. And I thought, how extraordinary that a city that is so technologically advanced is actually choosing to give value to storytelling, to the human being, to the uh, emotionality of a human being versus digital technology and digitalization, you know, because in the end uh, is our greatest power to affect change, shift reality, especially nowadays. I guess that storytelling goes back to the Emirati culture because, you know, they're rich in telling stories. So I guess that it is still important to, you know, give some emphasis, even though we are so technologically advanced, to remember the culture and the roots as well. 
yes, I found uh, uh, the narrative in the Emirates is uh, quite ancient and quite rich. And, uh, and it's, a, it's a beautiful addendum when you meet people, you know, that they're not just uh, telling you professionally where they are, but they rather share a story, uh, a meaningful moment of their life. Uh, uh, and that's very beautiful in the end. It's what makes the difference, you know, we choose people to work with because of who they are even more than their preparation, their resume, you know, their titles. Now, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, your journey, thinking about your proudest moment so far? What do you think is your proudest moment, if you can identify? So many proud moments that are in our personal life, certainly being a mother, <laughs> you know, uh, it makes me proud every day. My daughter, Sophia, is uh, growing up beautifully and, uh, the more she grows, she's now in the university at UCLA, and you can see that uh, she's taking in the teaching when you maybe in the past wondered, is it making any effect what I'm saying, what I'm doing, you know, but now, you know, it gets all together. Uh, but in terms of my profession, I think that one of the most beautiful moments was when I spoke at US Congress and I received the US Congress Award for a documentary, One Rock, Three Religions, is on Amazon, um, uh, that we produced together about peace in the Middle East. And it was a very challenging subject to, to face and to face it in a neutral way where uh, we could uh, hear the voices of all sides, you know. Uh, it started from the Temple Mountain in Israel and uh, it did uh, go through uh, a journey about uh, uh, world peace in the end because peace in the Middle East is so connected nowadays, everything is connected and it's about world peace. And we filmed uh, with Pope Francis, with uh, President Shimon Perez, President Mahmoud Abbas, ambassadors and on and on. We shot in Gaza uh, under the shootings, you know, and, and on and on. And finally to see, to be in that room that there is the U.S. Congress and screen this documentary and seeing the effect that such documentary can do even to congressmen and as a result to see that two new bills of rights were created in the protection of the minorities in the Middle East because also, also, of the influence of this documentary. Now that is such a goal because it's not just about uh, uh, making a film, but actually using filmmaking to change and shift reality for the better, at least for some skirts of society. So that was a very exciting moment for myself. Congratulations, that is exceptional. That is really exceptional. You can say that this is what I've done and this is the impact it's had. Now, while we're talking about films, we know that you are working on something in the Middle East, um, yes. Polo. You want to tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, I signed a beautiful and uh, the first time partnership uh, between our studios and the, His Royal Highness Sheikh Ahmed bin uh, Faisal Al-Qasimi uh, uh, Royal Office. 
And this partnership is historically the first one official between a Hollywood studio and uh, the royal family in the Emirates. So I'm particularly proud. We are working together in producing films, documentaries, and TV series. And the first film that I proposed to them is uh, a beautiful, true story very inspirational it's an american story of uh, a group of teenagers from very unprivileged background uh, of the suburbia of an american city that finds uh, redemption and inspiration through the sports of polo so quite uh, an interesting story and uh, because polo is basically one of the national sports in the emirate i thought this was uh, a great um, a, a, a great combination to, to start our partnership together and uh, the film is produced uh, by our studio Queen Studios Entertainment in Los Angeles, the uh, Al Qasimi uh, family uh, royal private offices, uh, then uh, a party is uh, produced by Naredis Group uh, um, in Paris and uh, we do have the Monte Carlo Polo Federation that is taking care of the technical part on set uh, when the kids are playing polo. So quite uh, a team, international team and many more to come. And um, uh, one of the most beautiful parts also of this project is the educational part of this project, because uh, first of all, we're, we're talking about real kids that in real life, uh, they are from all ethnicities, because as you know, in, in any suburbia by now of a big American or Emirati city, you know, like look at Dubai, we when I'm there, we are all international, we all speak with an accent. And that's especially in the suburbias where the people are just arrived and kind of melt together in a very uh, strange milieu, uh, in the sense that they're not necessarily friends. As you know, uh, they usually tend to stick with their own ethnicity, with their own people and feel very defensive throughout people that speaks a different language, have different tradition or different skin color. And one of the points really of the film is, and the real story is uh, that this uh, polo team puts these kids together, uh, females, males, boys, girls, ethnicities, uh, uh, nationalities, languages, and these kids uh, up to then, they were basically very resentful, very defensive to one another, enemies, if you want. They find themselves to find strength in being one and participating as a team instead of an individual. So it has a carries an enormous uh, uh, meaning uh, and meaningful message in, in terms of unity through diversity. And, uh, and I loved the story for that. You know, one of those kids is now world champion in polo. So uh, it's quite extraordinary, you know, where this team went through the story, the real story, as well as the film. And um, the film uh, shoots uh, in the States and the Emirates, because we will see these kids traveling to the Emirates, invited by the shake to play there and i won't say more because <laughs> otherwise i will spoil the story and uh, we are counting to start shooting in uh, 2022 and releasing the film by the end of 2023 which is usually the timing you know that it takes to uh, film 
film. So we will use local actors in the Emirates as well as American stars and international kids. That sounds so exciting. I, I am not a huge fan of movies, but that's definitely something I would watch. If you can get definitely. to sit in a cinema and watch a film for an hour, you've done a great job. And I'm already excited about this. The Royal Office has been extraordinary. Uh, the chairman, uh, Thomas Zelinski, and the CEO, uh, Ms. Salwa Abdulaziz, uh, have been wonderful in welcoming me. And uh, uh, we created a way, a rhythm to work together and put together this project on the business side, which is quite complicated. It's a big budget film. Uh, it shoots in different countries, so we have to respect uh, traditions, laws, bureaucratic uh, process. And uh, we have been going through it uh, with, uh, with great uh, unity. Uh, we did last month uh, a beautiful press conference in Dubai lot of journalists attending, a lot of excitement. So uh, it, it's it's great to work in these conditions. Sometimes you have a team and it's a little bit not together in some ways. Uh, but in this one, I have to say from the get-go that I started to talk, I found this story on a scrap of paper, really, you know, and uh, and I was caught right away by you know, the, the opposites of it, you know, melting together. Because uh, if you want, uh, the sport of polo is a very luxurious sport. It's considered the sport of kings. It's very elite sport. But in here, uh, you know, it's actually a bunch of, uh, of very unprivileged kids starting and learning to play polo despite all their differences you know one is little one is big one is fat one is black one is chinese you know and it's the beauty of it really um and so uh that that's how the the, the process started you know and uh and we all saw the beauty of it, uh, no matter, you know, I was talking with my Italian colleagues, Hollywood more than anything, that's where I've been living in the last 25 years. And then uh, the Monte Carlo Polo Federation, the Redis Group in Paris, and then finally the Royal Office where the project landed and put the foundation. And uh, I couldn't be more happy, you know, it makes such a difference when a team is uh, ethically together. That, uh, that is really like sticking for one another, is uh, understanding the need, is respecting each and every role, you know, from uh, the filmmaking part, one has more experience, great, so take care of that. Uh, the business part, the finances part, everyone plays each role very beautifully, yes. I can't wait. I, I am excited already. I really can't wait. And I wish you all the success with that and everything else that you're going to be doing in the region. Yes. What inspires you? I think, uh, uh, you know, we forget the value of each other as human beings. We take each other for so much for granted. And, uh, and I find such value in the people I meet really um and and just giving a little piece of myself because as soon as you give you open up with more genuinity uh, you are reciprocated in such a, a much bigger way and uh, i think my biggest inspiration is really people and what they they go through in life and how they unfold their lives you know how they overcome their 
their uh, their problems, their desperation, their challenges, you know. Yes. Especially now, you know, our connection with people is even more important because at this point people need people, I think yes. more than ever. If you weren't a producer, what would you be doing? I like what I do, I have to say. I'm sure that production will find me. But I am a storyteller. I am a storyteller, so I probably would choose to write or to paint. I actually have a master's degree in uh, design and fine arts, and so I started to paint uh, very early on in my life. Uh, so creativity always found me in different forms in my life and I think I would be sticking with that. That's my best, uh, uh, the, my best scenario, yes. You do a lot of work with women, you do a lot of work with society at large. Now we know that there's a lot of talk around women empowerment these days. Um, it is a hot topic and different people have different opinions about it. Now what are your thoughts about women empowerment and do you think that women need to be empowered? Um, if yes, why do you think so? I think it's been a topic for quite a while, women empowerment, and probably as a matter of fact from the 60s, but never like nowadays. It's important because the world is shifting and more than empowerment, it's a, I would just say educated, you know, because education is empowerment. It's not about control or power or money uh, or position per se, as much as education, uh, a person understands and within understanding is always the key for transforming. Uh, for shifting, for including, like nowadays, you know, we're living through a very difficult moment, but if we are educated enough, we can see the key, you know, through many different lenses. So uh, definitely, I think never not like nowadays, education is beyond importance everywhere in the world. I mean, I, I am a very feminine woman. I come from a very traditional society in Italy originally, although I've been living more than my life, more of my life here in the States, but I still have those kind of values. But, and I try to englobate, but information, education never stops. Even now as adults, I think women should always find a way to continuously educate themselves and uh, thank god the world right now is recognizing the women value in society and is rewarding them more and more one of them is the women empowerment award which i will be part of um in in february you know so and that's uh, that's uh, in dubai it's a wonderful initiative. I think that is rewarding many exceptional women from all walks of life that uh, devoted their time to education, to ameliorating themselves, and more than anything, setting a standard of of, of leadership in in their fields around the world. Now, what advice would you give to someone starting out in the entertainment industry? Be patient. There are many people uh, that come even at my door and they start, oh, I've done this, I've done that, I have a resume, I have done 500 films around. 
but in the end, you know, I mean, uh, what I know about filming and how I got at times uh, through uh, a candidation for an Academy Award is just by sticking one foot in front of the other. And I would never dare to say that I know everything and I've done so many films, so I've done everything. So humility and patience is very rewarding in this this business a little bit in everything but humility and uh, and uh, patience allow us to become better in what we are and this is a business that requires a lot of it a lot of it you know there are amazing filmmakers very achieved so no matter where you are you know even in front of an oscar nomination you have enough amazing uh, Oscar winner, actors, directors, filmmakers, producers, writers. Let's remember that this is a craft that is so kaleidoscopic. A film has a, is about a whole team of people with each one doing a craft that then is being put together as a puzzle and it win as a puzzle. So patience, humility, and the capability of working together in maximum ethics and respect. Those are the things that I would suggest and I would talk to, to a young filmmaker. You're writing a film about yourself. What would you call it? I'm sure that's gonna be a tricky one, uh, but what would you call uh, the film? Well, uh, hopefully my book, the book of my life is just halfway, so there are so many chapters still to go through. Uh, uh, and hopefully they are joyful. Not always my life has been as joyful uh, as, as I told you before, you know, the death of my husband taught me incredibly about uh, life and the shift, uh, but I, I would probably call it, uh, keep it and do it from the heart. Because in the end, you know, money, no money, businesses, titles, people plunge uh, uh, and, and uh, suffocate themselves uh, behind big titles that means absolutely nothing the only thing that really makes the difference and it did for me you know and when i say these things i speak about myself too because many times we we all uh, you know get a little bit uh, blurred up in reality of what really matters but keep doing it from the heart makes the difference no matter where we are no matter where the money situation is the business situation is the project a film uh, a script uh, everything will sail and 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 fly up only take off only if is done from the heart this is what i've seen so i would call it that way and not just for business, but also for my personal life, you know. Um, when I do things uh, from the heart and I feel them in my heart, I never go wrong. So uh, if I can keep, you know, the capability of staying open, not be afraid, because many times we make mistakes and we don't choose from the heart because we get uh, afraid. We get afraid, we start to 
become defensive. We start to create structures, titles, name things, you know, um, and we we just fail. But if we keep doing it from the heart, I guarantee myself and anybody else that we land and we land good. Yes. You've had your great moments. You've had your, you know, your moments that you've not felt your best. Uh, at this stage, how are you looking after your mental health? Like what, what types of things do you do to make sure that you are, you know, keeping that level playing field? My relationship, mother-daughter, definitely helps me a lot. As women, you know, we have that fantastic, uh, that fantastic option of being back on the ground. Your mother, you have your daughter as a mirror always, you know, that uh, gives you a good measure of where you are. But I think uh, uh, keeping my, my discipline of everyday life good, you know, I, I do a lot of sports and that helps me a lot to keep it clear, uh, to unload all the stress. Uh, you know, I try to go to bed early and wake up early. Uh, waking up early gives you a great perspective through the day. You know, it uh, changes uh, fully. Uh, the way you're looking at your day, especially when you have to either sign a contract, make decisions, having an interview, <laughs> it, it really does put uh, everything in perspective and be open. Be open because, uh, you know, many times we think, okay, now I know what's the plan. No, I know this, I'm in control. And that's a very good thing to have, at least as a structure, you always have to have a little bit of a foundation. But at the same time, the best stuff in my life, if I think they were, uh, they came from openness and from nowhere, where I completely didn't expect uh, something to happen or somebody to show up in my life, you know, and change a situation completely. So openness is, is, uh, uh, is really a, a great way, yeah. Here at the end, and my last question is always the same. Uh, I've picked up so many of these over the years in doing these interviews. Now tell us a quote that you live by, if you have one, um, and maybe why. I define a leader as someone who owns the full trajectory of his life. Someone that can embrace falling and transform it into flying. And uh, I always say I'm committed to do that. So I would think that that's my best quote, yes. Thank you so much, Valentina. Um, we wish you all the success with Polo. We're looking forward to that one, first of all, and with everything else that you have planned. Thank you, Marsha, and I look forward to see you very soon in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. And uh, it was wonderful to be with you and I look forward for much more. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you. Bye-bye.